Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. This is the Retirement Made Easy podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. On this episode, this is episode number 129. We're going to be talking about a variety of topics this week. We're going to be talking about pensions declining in this environment. We're also going to be talking about gifting and what the tax laws are if you're trying to gift money to people during this holiday season. I can't tell you how many times someone has said to me, I don't want to gift them too much money because then I got to pay taxes on the gift. Or will somebody else have to pay taxes when I give them a gift of money? So we're going to talk about that on today's episode. And lastly, I'm going to talk about three different scenarios, three different clients that we used smart tax planning to stack the odds in their favor. And their minds were absolutely blown because they had no idea that these strategies even existed. So we'll end the episode with those. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I wanted to remind listeners to check out our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. While you're there, you can submit your listener questions. You can listen to all the previous episodes right there on the website. You can check out our resources tab. We have our 2023 market outlook has just been released. So it's under the resources tab. You can get that emailed to you. My three steps to a dream retirement are there. Check it out under the resources tab. And lastly, we're already starting to book some of the retirement coaching calls for listeners for next year. So 30 minute retirement coaching calls. If that's something you're interested, you can sign up right there on the homepage. All right, enough of that. Let's jump into today's episode. First off, I wanted to kind of give an update on pensions. I have reviewed three different pensions over the past probably month, month and a half. And in all three different pension scenarios where we're updating the figures for a client that hasn't yet retired, looking at their pension projections, their lump sums and or their monthly annuity check, annuity option are all down. What do I mean by that? Well, we have clients kind of run their their pension projections at least once a year to kind of check to see, are they still on track? Have they increased or decreased? And in all three of these cases for their client, for these clients of ours, their pension estimates all went down. And why did they go down? Well, so many of these clients, I mean, all three of them were like, well, this can't be the case. Normally, the longer you work for a company or an organization, the higher your pension benefit gets. Every year you work, it should be going up and up and up. Well, the way a lot of pensions are are managed and calculated, they're based so much on interest rates. So the higher interest rates go, the lower they're going to offer you as far as a lump sum benefit and or an annuity benefit, a lifetime annuity check. And one client, I I remember him distinctly saying, well, gosh, it looks like I should have retired last year. I would have got $125 extra a month 
than if I retire next year. And I know on a past episode, there were a lot of articles that were written about Ford Motor Company, their pension system, and KFC, which is the parent company is Yum Brands, publicly traded company, announcing that, hey, their pension lump sum checks were going to be going down starting December 1st of 2022, because that's when these new interest rates went into effect. And I was reading an article, it's titled, 1,000 salaried Ford workers retire after pension warning from automaker. And I will say after reading this article, kind of hats off to Ford, they sent out a memo that says, if you were considering retiring or choosing the lump sum option, it is important to understand the impact of higher interest rates on your individual lump sum amount. Should you retire after December 1st, 2022, Ford said in this memo. And the memo was called Important Information Regarding Your Pension. And what they're trying to warn people is to say, hey, if you take the lump sum option in 2023 versus now in 2022, the pension lump sum value is going to be between 20 and 25% lower. So they're kind of giving you a heads up and, you know, a thousand people salaried employees from Ford, they said, hey, I'm going to take this pension lump sum option when it's 20 to 25% higher by retiring December 1st of this year, 2022, instead of waiting until next year when it drops. So you really got to, you know, be cognizant of these changes and really try to do what's in your best interest. And of course, interest rates going up and down, that's out of our control. But we have to be aware of how these rising interest rates, these record interest rates that we haven't seen in decades and inflation that we haven't seen since, you know, the early 80s, how these are going to impact our retirement planning. And certainly the the pension lump sum walk away money of these pensions is they're certainly getting crushed with these higher interest rates. Now, this article talking about the Ford employees, what it was saying was, hey, if you were six or seven years away from retirement, well, this didn't impact your retirement decision at all because retirement was not yet on the horizon. It was still a handful of years off. But it, for those people that were planning on retiring next year or the year after, 23 or 2024, this bad news could have expedited their retirement. And of course, the, the bigger the change in the lump sum, in other words, if your lump sum option went from a million dollars down to 800,000, well, that, that's a big jump. But if your pension lump sum offer was only going from 100,000 to 80,000, well, maybe you'd work a couple more years and say, well, you'll make it up in the salary. So think about that too. In other words, as a dollar amount, how much is this going to impact you? Switching gears, I wanted to talk about gifting because, you know, we're at the end of the year. A lot of our clients do gifting to family members and loved ones. And I'm not so much talking about charitable gifting. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm talking about gifting to individual people. I even have some clients where they're, you know, they're, they're folks, their mom and dad, maybe in their, their 80s or 90s and they're getting gifted money from their elderly parents. And like I, I said, you know, starting off on this episode, I've had so many people say, well, I don't want to gift somebody money because then I got to pay the taxes or, or they got to pay the taxes on the gift. So let's talk a little bit about that. There is an annual gift amount. And all that means, let's keep this very, very simple, is if you wanted to gift a friend or a family member, maybe it's a son or daughter, you wanted to gift them money. Well, you can gift what's the annual limit is $16,000 for 2022. 
So that means for a married couple, they can both each gift $16,000 a piece to a person. So if, let's just look at a couple, they had a son and daughter, that means mom and dad can both gift $16,000 a piece to their son. So that's the son gets 32 grand. And then the daughter would also get 32 grand as a gift. Why are we saying $16,000? I thought you could gift more than that. Well, you can, you certainly can, but $16,000 is the annual limit you can gift one individual without filling out a gift tax form that gets filed with your taxes. So to keep it simple, what a lot of people do is mom and dad will each gift $16,000 to somebody or up to, you don't have to do the whole amount, but that way you don't have to fill out that form and monkey with and your taxes, it's not going to impact your taxes or your son or daughter's or friend's taxes in any way. Now, there is what's called a lifetime gift exemption. What the heck does that mean? That's Greek to a lot of people. What that means is there's basically a lifetime gift allowance that you're able to gift another individual, and that amount is incredibly high. You can gift up to $12 million $60,000 to another individual. Now, if you're going to gift again over 16,000 in a single year, you need to fill out that gift tax form when you file your taxes. And what that form is trying to do is to try to keep an accounting of how much you've gifted somebody over your lifetime and is it up to that 12 million $60,000. Now, one thing that I'll point out is you cannot gift Retirement accounts. I've had a lot of clients want to do that. They want to gift like a portion of their IRA or their entire Roth IRA. They just want to gift that to a son or daughter, family member, loved one. You cannot gift retirement accounts. You can name that person as your beneficiary of the account. You can take withdrawals or distributions from the retirement account and gift the cash to them, but you physically cannot gift the retirement account to another individual. Now, I want to talk about gifting here because I work with a lot of families and I am convinced every family is different. Family dynamics are different. Personalities are different. Their financial status is different. So there's no one size fits all when it comes to how you do your gifting for family members. I work with some families, They're, they come from blended families, maybe it's a second marriage where they had kids from previous marriages. The planning with, with some of those families can be kind of fun, <laughs> to be honest, they, it's a little different. But what I want to kind of emphasize here is, and this is kind of just from the heart, is if you're going to do gifting and there are children involved, I always like to see you try to be fair. And also you want the gifting to be a blessing to someone's life. You don't want it to be cause animosity or anything like that. And I have offered my opinion to, to many, many clients, many families over the years of what this equality looks like and what might be the best ways to go about gifting so everybody's happy and, and nobody feels left out or like they got the short end of the stick. So if I have a son and daughter, I'm going to gift them equal amounts. I'm not going to gift one child this year, and then maybe the other child, I'm going to wait six months or two years from now. You, you want to be fair about it. Gifting is something that can really bring people together and families together, and it shows how much you, you care and are, are trying to, 
to help somebody's situation. But if you do it the wrong way and you're not being fair or conscious of somebody else's feelings, sometimes it can have the opposite effect. And I just want to emphasize that if you're going to be doing this gifting, do it in a way that is fair. And I'll give you a perfect example when it comes to loaning money. This is not necessarily gifting, but it is in a in one respect. I'll make up. I only have a daughter at this point, but let's say I have a son and daughter. If I decide that I want to loan my daughter $10,000, based on my experience, you know, in life, I would say it's only fair to offer the same loan to the son. And this is why I say this. Because I have seen over and over and over examples of son or daughter not repaying the loan, and then it becomes a gift. And you actually have to report that on your taxes. That is a gift. A forgiven loan is a gift. So if my daughter doesn't pay me back that money, turns into a gift, I think it's only fair to gift that whatever that amount of money is that she didn't repay, you got to give it to the son to make it fair, right? Now, other people may disagree with me, and that's certainly fine, but the IRS will tell you a forgiven loan turns into a gift and you've got to file that on your taxes. That's the definition. So I hope that makes sense as far as this discussion we've had about the $16,000 annual limit, how that works. Again, both mom and dad can gift the same amount of money. And I'll end this discussion with another example. Let's say that mom and dad, they have a son and the son marries a nice young woman and that's their their daughter-in-law. Well, mom and dad can actually gift their son both $16,000 so the son can get $32,000. They can both actually gift their daughter-in-law, who's their son's wife, each $16,000. So the daughter-in-law would then get gifted up to $32,000. So between the two of them, the son and his wife have $64,000 of gifts and nobody has to report it on their taxes. Now, of course, wouldn't it be great to have that you know financial ability to do that kind of generous gifting? Not very many people can except for the wealthy wealthy, but it just gives you a, a good example of what can be done with our gifting laws that we're under right now. All right, I wanted to switch gears and end this episode with three different specific examples of clients we've been working with lately and some of the tax strategies and really some of the planning that has just wowed them. It has blown their mind that this kind of stuff can be done, but I like these strategies so much that I, I thought we would share them. So this first individual that we're working with, this is a new client, actually a listener of the podcast. He's a high income earner, and I'm not going to give his name for privacy reasons, but his income is north of $350,000. And for his 401k, he was under the impression that he was limited to a contribution limit of $27,000 per year, not including his employer match, but $27,000 was all he thought he could put in his 401k. And he wanted to save more for retirement. He wanted to actually save 15% of his income. But for years, he had only been saving $27,000, just maxing out his 401k through work. He wasn't aware that there's actually an after-tax bucket within his 401k that he can continue to contribute to after he's done maxing out the 27,000 in his 401k. And additionally, the strategy is actually called a mega Roth 401k. After he's done contributing to his 401k, he can put money in the after-tax bucket 
And then at the end of the year, his employer's 401k allows you to do what's called a, a conversion, convert that amount to his Roth 401k. So there li- is a limit as far as 401ks, and, and it's for your own contributions, $27,000 a year if you're over age 50. But there's a there's a maximum contribution limit as far as how much you can put in not only the 27000 but also an after-tax amount and your employer's matching amount, that limit is $67,500. So that left him a lot, a lot of room that he could contribute to that after-tax bucket. And then at the end of the year, do a conversion and the money gets shifted over to his Roth 401k. Again, the strategy is called the mega backdoor Roth. His mind was absolutely blown because he had no idea that strategy even existed. So for him, it worked out really, really well. This next strategy, this is a couple that we're working with. We've been working with for several months now, probably about six months. And it's a couple, very, very nice couple. The wife had actually inherited her mother's IRA, a sizable IRA. It's called a beneficiary IRA. And her rules say that she has 10 years to take withdrawals from that IRA and pay the taxes on those withdrawals. At the end of the 10th year, the money's got to be out of there and the taxes have all been paid and the account's closed. And for her, she thought, oh gosh, if I have this beneficiary IRA, I'll just do Roth conversions. In other words, I'll pay the taxes on this beneficiary IRA from mom and then move the money into her own Roth IRA. And unfortunately, we can't do that. The laws don't allow us to do that. We just can take distributions from this beneficiary IRA and they can occur anytime in the next 10 years. So we grabbed our calculator, their tax return, their expected taxes for 2022. And what we determined was, yes, we can get money into her Roth IRA. It's going to require distributions from that beneficiary IRA. And but what we're going to do, since she's still working, is we're going to put more money into her traditional 401k and Roth 401k, as well as money up to $7,000 a year because she's over 50. She can put up to $7,000 a year into her Roth IRA. And with the money that she's putting in her traditional 401k, she's getting a tax deduction there. So that offsets dollar for dollar how much that she's taking out of her beneficiary IRA. Now, also, we wanted to stay in the 12% tax bracket. We only wanted to pay 12% federal taxes. We didn't want to shoot up into the 22% tax bracket. So we were very, very cognizant of those income levels. And this client, she was absolutely floored. Just by a little bit of planning, we can map out those withdrawals from that beneficiary IRA over the next 10 years. And another example is this couple was very, very charitable. And they had inherited a lot of cash, a lot of stocks, real estate. So they had a lot of things going on. But again, they were very, very charitable and kind of looking for ideas. So one of the things that we recommended to this nice couple is to kind of look at the appreciated stock. In other words, the stock that they had that was up in value a lot, if they cash it out, they would pay long-term capital gains. And at their tax rate, that would actually be 20%. So our recommendation was to use that appreciated stock, not the cash, to fund a donor-advised fund. And that way, they it, it would help them with two things. Number one, with their charitable giving, and they could do that. They could get the tax deduction this year in 2022. 
And then that donor advised fund, they could kind of make the decisions and call the shots on how that donor advised fund was doing the giving year after year for the next several years. And that way they didn't have to pay the the capital gains on that appreciated stock. And additionally, they were able to do a big enough amount into that donor advised fund that they were able to do a Roth conversion of $30,000 on the side. And essentially it wiped out the taxes, moving money from their IRA to their Roth IRA. It opened up this opportunity to do a tax-free Roth conversion. So sometimes these goals that we have, they go hand in hand and they open up opportunities that maybe we weren't even thinking of. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am becoming a bigger, bigger fan of those donor advised funds, especially when you can open them up, they help with a big tax deduction in one year, and then we can do our charitable giving out of that donor advised fund, not only this year, but in the years to come. And what we're seeing right now is the big opportunity with those donor advised funds is the money that's in there as it grows, it grows and grows. The taxes, since it's going, it's earmarked for charities, right? 501c3s, all the growth that you get, all the interest, it's all going to be tax-free and able to be gifted later on. And so with interest rates being higher, if we're right now, if we're getting three, three and a half, four percent out of those and our our donor advised funds are are invested very, very conservatively, but at least they're they're growing the money that's in there that's yet to be gifted. At least it's still compounding and growing for you so that more money can be gifted in the future. So what a great opportunity. Donor advised funds for those people that are charitable. I I would definitely take a look at those. Hey, I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been insightful. I know we were hopping from one topic to the next. It was kind of like rapid fire, but I kind of like it that way. I like, you know, sharing different examples. These are real life stories that hopefully you can learn from and some people out there can implement and utilize. But whether it's gifting to individuals, charitable giving, or even just updating your retirement plan with the changes in the pensions, it all ties into accomplishing your financial goals. And so many of our clients use the term financial independence, where, okay, they've they've built this retirement plan, they've saved, they've sacrificed it, they've invested, they've planned, they've done the important planning that goes into it, and they've got to a point where they've achieved financial independence. They can literally live on what they have built and accumulated over the years, and they don't need that paycheck to live the life that they want in retirement. They can survive and thrive based on the resources that they've built on their own. And that's, to me, what financial independence is. That's what that financial peace of mind means to most people out there. And it's my hope with this podcast that, you know, we can get you one step closer to getting to the point of financial independence. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.
The Smart Investor Program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.